0: I just want to thank the Lord today that I'm his child. I know when I was a young girl, you know, we're all taught that we're children of God, but you know what? We're not really actually children of God until we accept him as our savior. And so I just am thankful that I was running really hard. Um, I was one of those that just believed, I believed in Jesus from an early age, but I didn't act like I believed in Jesus because I got in high school and I ran as hard as you can run. But I didn't realize I was running. I just was kind of fitting in with the world. I didn't realize that there was another way I was supposed to be living. And I'm just thankful today that God chipped after me. I feel like God had chose me. I remember going to Mount Vernon one day and Him laying it on my heart that, that I needed to become His child. I needed to accept Him as my Savior and have a relationship with Him. And I haven't turned back ever. And I mean, are we gonna have troubles in our life? Yes, we're gonna have troubles. But you know what, I'm a child of God and He wants what's best for me and He wants what's best for you guys. So if you don't know Him as your Savior, I pray today God that you, I pray today that you would make God your Father in Heaven and that you would be a child of God today. So anytime during this service, you don't know Him as your Savior, There's so much peace in knowing Him as your Savior. And I want you all to have the same peace that I have in my life. Am I perfect? No. Do I have troubles? Yes. I have troubles like everyone else. I have things that go wrong and, and, you know, just whatever. But anyway, if you don't know Him and you want that peace that only He can give you, I, I just encourage you today to accept Him as your Savior.
1: yeah i
2: a song right before this one called, We Need a Miracle. And I can attest to God moving in our life this week and and providing miracle for us and healing for us and and strength for us. And, And Kathy just came up and told me something I was already feeling when we were singing that song, that we need to understand that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We also need to understand that he is the Alpha and Omega. Like she was telling me, he's the beginning and then he's the end. And if you need a miracle in this place this morning, God can provide that miracle for you. We read about the miracles in the Bible, the parting of the Red Sea, the manna from heaven, the healings, everything that was taking place, everything that God was doing is available today. So if you need that this morning, you need healing in your body, you need a miracle in your life, in your situation, know that God can provide that for you. You call on the name of the Lord. You believe in Him. And you believe, stand on the promises that the Bible has for us. You can get your miracle. You can get your healing. You can get whatever it is that you need as you seek Him. Amen. I thank her for sharing that with me. I wanted to share that with you guys that if you're in here this morning, like Justine said, you don't know this God that we're singing about. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. Know Him. Know Him before you leave. Know Him because He wants to know you. Amen. Turn around, greet a few people around you before you're seated. Amen, amen. You can't do this, this, as in life, alone. You can't do this alone. And I'm going to share a little bit about why I, you know, I had this kind of topic and what I wanted to preach on early on this week. And I already knew it. And then, boom, Wednesday night hit, and God was going to prove himself that this message was true for my life, for this church, that we can't do life, we can't do this alone. We need each other. And I want to share just a little bit, and I'll try to be brief on his story. I know I posted some updates and talked about it on Facebook to keep you guys in the loop of what was going on. Uh, Church, we needed you in that moment, and you came through for us big time. I thank you so much for that, that you guys are loving, that you're caring, that you were bearing bearing the burden with us and going through us. But this all started Tuesday night with Jackson. He probably is over there like, you know, if you know Jackson, he's just mellow and chill and doesn't get too excited, doesn't get too upset. He's just kind of there. So Tuesday night, we got back from a ball game. We went and watched, and he, he threw up in the driveway a couple times, said he wasn't feeling good. Well, we couldn't see very well at night, so we didn't know what that meant. We just thought he had a stomach bug or something. So, uh, he stayed home from school Wednesday. Is it okay if I share this with you? We talked this part of my message. Well, it's going to be so, <laughs> so he stayed home Wednesday and, you know, still wasn't feeling the greatest, but he was doing better and, uh, ate a little bit and seven thirty, I believe rolled around Wednesday night. And I checked on him when I got home and Sarah texted me at seven thirty. She was in the middle of a, a zoom meeting with her school board, having a board meeting. And she was in another room and she texted me and said, Jackson needs you. So I went down there and uh, (laughs) walked in his room, and he had blood on his mouth and a bowl full of blood and stuff that he'd thrown up, and that's scary to see. But I tried to not let my face show that to him. Uh, He really didn't probably know what was going on too much, except that he was throwing up, and I I text, I, I peeped my head into Sarah's little meeting she was on, and I said it was blood. And he continued to do that. Uh, we were able to get him upstairs out of his room in the basement. And he wasn't really with us. Uh, he was looking at us but wasn't really locked in on who, what was going on and what we were saying to him. He kind of collapsed in the floor a couple times and continued to throw him up. And I thought I could pick him up. In the moment, you just do what you got to do. He fell on the floor one time. I picked him up out of the floor. Then I tried to just, we were going to try to get him in the car and take him to the ER. And, uh, I picked him up just like this face of me, bear hugged him and picked him up and started walking with him like this. And he started to put his legs around my calves and I, <laughs> I couldn't walk anymore. And of course I'm telling him, "Don't put your legs on me like that. He don't know what's going on. So that didn't work out. And I thought, and it was right after all the winter stuff had come in that night and the porch was covered in ice. And I thought there was no way I'm going to get him down the porch and into the car. So we had called the doctor in the meantime, made some phone calls and, Uh, We ended up calling an ambulance to come get him. I wasn't thinking in the moment. We could have carried him out a different way, but I just grabbed him. So uh, that went on. We got to Good Sam and gave him two units of blood. His blood pressure, we found out, uh, Sarah said they said in the ambulance was 60 over 40 um, Wednesday night when he got loaded up in the ambulance, which is scary also uh, with everything else that was going on. But they gave him a couple units of blood, and he only threw up one more time there at, at Good Sam in the ER a little bit. But we're there, and we we have this decision to make. They can't fly over because of the weather, and the ambulance from Cardinal Glennon, which is, if you don't know the backstory, Jackson's got a heart uh, defect and all that stuff, and we've always went there for everything, and they've taken good care of him. So we wanted to get there, but their ambulance took off, and so that was spinning and sliding, and they couldn't make it either. So then we're left with a decision. Do we stay here at Good Sam, which they were taking good care of him, uh, they were getting all their orders from St. Louis to what, to, what to do for him and how to help him and uh, they said we we can't tell you to discharge him because he doesn't need to be discharged but he is stable so Sarah asked me, she said it's up to you if you want to drive over there tonight <sighs> pressure and I said I thought about it, I looked at the road conditions and I said he needs to be there at Cardinal Glennon so I prayed, for, I prayed about it for a minute and kept debating about it. And I told her, I want to go, I want to take him and we'll just be careful. She said, okay, I'm with you, whatever you decide. So we took him over to Cardinal Glennon, going about 40 miles an hour on the interstate. So that trip turned into a lot longer than it usually is. And, but we got him there safely, got him checked in and and they started running the tests and things like that at Cardinal Glennon. Uh, Found out he had some uh, stomach ulcers, five or six of them they said. That they believe were bleeding, and we were so thankful that it wasn 't his heart, uh, because anything episodes and stuff that he has, we wonder if it's if something going on with his heart um, but it was stomach ulcers that were bleeding, and they thought they had stopped, and everything and uh, just a scary, scary couple days for us. He wanted to come home Friday, he was tired of being there already, he started feeling better, and was you know telling him he wanted to get out already early, but we're just so thankful. For God keeping his hand upon him through all that. Um, I know Sarah and she, I, I, I was a little aggressive with her <laughs> Wednesday night. I came up out of the basement with Jack. I don't know if it was before or with him, but she was bawling and squalling. Her dad's bawling and squalling. I said, What are you doing? And I know her faith is, wasn't in doubt. It was her baby being sick and what he looked like and all that. That struck fear into her and upset her. But I said, Where's your faith? <laughs> And it probably sounded really mean at the moment, but I was trying to be bold and, and tough and confident. And I was. It wasn't just an act. I had faith ever since the stuff with him and Bryland, that God was going to do what God's going to do. And I could be confident in that. And that's what I was trying to convey to her, and I just didn't do it nicely in a nice way. <laughs> she understands. It was in the moment. Not really," she said. She still don't understand. It was scary) <laughs> Almost lost it once, but when talking to my dad about it, but I, I didn't. I kept it together. Um, but that all happened. He's here this morning. I'm thankful for that. But what I what I kind of left out is this part. I told you about the whole scenario, but I didn't tell you about every single person that had a a, a a part in us not being alone through this. First of all, we got on the phone and started telling people to pray. That's huge. When your church is behind you and supporting you and praying and you've got people all over the place praying for you and praying for your son, that's huge. Uh, and the, if you back that up to last Sunday, Kelly Colclasier, is he here today? I don't see him. He came up to me during altar time and said, "I just feel like I need to pray for you and your family." Huh. Now you look back on that, God had a plan. God knew I needed that prayer in that moment. I didn't know what it was for. He said, I don't know what it is. I just I feel like I need to obey and pray for you and your family. I said, okay. Come Wednesday, Thursday, I know what it meant. That we were getting ready to go through a battle and a struggle. So I thank him for praying and being obedient in that. I thank um, the EMTs that took good care of Jackson, let Sarah ride with them. Uh, Melissa, Sarah's sister, who took Bryland for us and met us at the hospital. The cousins who came to the hospital and prayed right in the parking lot with us. And I told them the same thing when I got out of the car and they're crying. I said, stop. <gasps> stop. It's going to be okay. God's got him. Thank them for that, for praying there. The nurses, the doctors at Good Sam, Carl and Justine and Mark all coming up to the Good Sam ER to sit with me and Sarah. Um, they said in their heart and their mind, they sat there for a second in their living room when they found out what was going on. And they said something to the effect of, I'm going up there. And I love that. I appreciate that so much that in the midst of it right there, they were sitting with us and going through, through it with us. And, and Mark taking my vehicle and filling it up with gas because we we're going to be taking this trip and, and putting air in my tires for me because the tires were a little low, just did it because we can't do this alone. And, and Carlin and Justine offering to give me some cash to help out if we needed anything. And then again, left with a decision to, to discharge Jackson and drive over, risk taking him to St. Louis in the weather in our own car. And, you know, as that's kind of stressing me out thinking about it, we knew we had to get him to Cardinal Glennon to get the best care possible for him. And again, you can't do this alone. Carlin and Justine were still there. This is what I love about Christians and a community and relationships. They offered at 1.30 in the morning, we'll just follow you over there to make sure nothing happens to you. Make sure you guys don't get off in the ditch because of the weather. And I got my four-wheel drive truck. If anything happens, we can pull you out. But they didn't have to do that. It was 1.30 in the morning. It was a long night already, but they chose to follow us all the way to St. Louis. And you know what? Not stay, because they couldn't stay, but turn around and drive right back home after they did that. And they would probably don't even want me talking about it, but that meant so much to me. That people love us enough to see us through things. And I appreciate that. And that's, again, you can't do this alone. The things I'm talking about now, I didn't mention in the first part. And they followed us all the way over there. The countless phone calls and text messages, offers for whatever we needed, the prayers, all of it. A lot of people in our corner this week helped us through this. And we could not have done it alone. Which leads me to, biblically, God from the beginning wanted us to be in community wanted us to have relationship. From the beginning of Adam and Eve to the way the church started, it was community. It was being there for each other. So Genesis 2.18 is where we're going to start this morning. Genesis 2.18. Then God said... It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And this this is the first time that God saw something that was not good. He had made everything, said it was good, said that man was very good. But right here he sees something that was not good, and that was the aloneness of man. And he never intended for man to be alone. And and, in this context, he's talking about in marriage, but also in the social sense. We were not made to do life alone. We need each other. And, 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 he's, and he's saying, Adam, you're great at life and all, but it's not good that you're alone. And, and God is community and we're made in the image of God. So therefore, we need community and we need to be community as well. We need to be in those relationships with people. We need those people in our lives. And, and, and really, if you think about it, we are the most isolated generation in the world right now. Us in America. We are totally isolated and we choose to be that way. Most of us. I hate it. I, I need people. I need to talk to people. But we want to be alone so much. We want to avoid people so much. And you're like, no, no we don't. And I said, yeah, we do. And I'll, I'll give you a few ways. As I was thinking about this this week. When we're, when we're walking in public, if we don't have our phone in the hand, we usually walk like this because we don't want to make eye contact with anybody. And we don't want to have to talk to anybody. If I don't look up and see anybody, then everybody will leave me alone. True or false? A lot of times it's true. How about our phones? When people call. I don't want to talk to that person. That was my wife. I set that up. But we do that. When we see it, we're like... "Mm." We don't want that relationship right then. We don't want to talk. We don't want to have to deal with it. So we have the option of denying the call. Don't say you don't do it. Okay? How about when we get on an elevator? (laughs) The last thing we want to do is have somebody talk to us in that close of quarters. Please don't say anything, mister. Please don't say anything, lady. Okay? Or we see it's filling up and we're walking up on it. We're like, I'll just hang out behind the door. They can't see me and I'll wait for the next one because I don't want to get in there with a bunch of people. True. When we sit in a waiting room at the doctor's office, you know, after you check in and everything, what do we do when we turn around? Where is the least amount of people sitting? I want to sit in those chairs. We, we do. I don't want to be that close to somebody. Find me the open section right here. At Walmart, same thing as just walking around. You see someone coming at you. I don't need anything in the baby aisle, but I'm sure going to hide here for a minute. (laughs) We push away from community and relationship and interacting with people. We do it so often. We see a homeless man at the stoplight in the springtime. Our window was down as we are approaching him. And we don't look. Traffic, not this way. It's not very going. At home, we build fences to keep people out, sometimes needed. We close our blinds and turn off the lights so people stay away from us, especially at Halloween. I don't want no trick-or-treaters. Turn the light off. Turn that porch light off. When I was growing up, I knew all of my neighbors. I knew them pretty well. That's not really the case anymore because we don't want to know each other. We don't want to have community for some reason because we want to isolate and keep to ourselves in our own little world. Um, I remember borrowing food a lot from my neighbors, and they borrowed it from us, and it wasn't a big deal to call them up and visit and talk with them about it. Um, I just remember there was a lot different neighborhood growing up than what it is now. Even when we're mowing our yards, a lot of us keep our heads down so we don't need to see our neighbor mowing his yard too and have to wave or anything like that. <laughs> or we put earbuds in a lot so we don't have to deal with the world outside. What about church? We show up late and leave early so we don't have to talk to people in our church. <laughs> <laughs> or we talk to the same people week in and week out because are that's my group, that's my clique. Instead of branching out and talking to different ones in the sanctuary before church starts or after church is over. We are, we are the biggest generation today of just isolating and keeping to ourselves and not wanting to be around people. Not everybody. Not everybody's, you know weird like me and wants to have conversations and strike up and talk to anybody. Um, but I enjoy it. I, I need those moments as I go through the coffee shop on Sunday mornings. I need those moments when I talk to people in the sound booth or the greeters. or I I need that. I want that. I want to talk with you guys. I want to be building relationships. I want to know how your life's going. And we should all want that for each other. Not to be isolated and pull back and I'm going to just do this by myself because you can't. You can't. There's going to be a time when you need the church, you need your friends, you need your family, you need each other to get through things and, and, and going about life not building relationships not sharing your life with people is not healthy it's not and this pandemic don't even get me started you know when the government said to quarantine some of you thought I'm already doing it <laughs> woohoo no change for me but they made us isolate ourselves. And, and I, I don't, again, I hated it. Hated it. We stopped living. We stopped having relationships. And again, I need relationships. I, I want to interact with people. And, and, and studies show before COVID, three out of five people claimed to be lonely. I'm sure that number has went up to four or four, 4.5 out of five since COVID. Because of the, all the isolating that we've had to do. But the Bible assumes and shows us that we should be doing life as a community. First Thessalonians 5, verse 11. This is this making sense? Somebody can say no if you want. First Thessalonians 5, 11. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And then Hebrews 10, 24, 25. I hit on this scripture a couple weeks ago. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I think Randy Willett shared that this morning as well. Now, again, I said this verse a couple of weeks ago, and I told you it goes for in here and out of here. We should meet together out of here as well. We are still the church whether we're in this building or we're outside this building. Okay? But if you are healthy and you are able, and I know some people are are shut-ins, they have compromised immune systems and health issues, but if you're healthy and you're able, you should be attending services as a Christian. When we meet together in the place, you should be here. Um, The pandemic maybe has taken you out of the habit of gathering with us in church at one point or another, and you just quit coming back. Obviously, I'm not talking to you guys because you're here. So maybe some people watching online, and I'm saying this in love, you just got out of the habit of... And I've heard people tell me that. I just got out of the habit of coming. I just don't come anymore. That's a reality for some people. And I'm praying they'll come home. They'll come back. But some people are... I'm going to tread lightly here. Some people are blaming it on a large group of people meeting together. But you go everywhere else in life and you do everything else that you want to do except come to church. So don't give me that. (laughs) I felt bad saying it. (laughs) And don't say, well, I can just watch it online. It's not the same. And we offer it online, but I think sometimes that gets taken advantage of. It was really for shut-ins, people that are sick, they can't make it. Maybe you're on vacation, you want to watch. Or for people that don't know anything about the Lord. Can see, can be a part of our service and understand, but now we've got a lot of people staying home to watch it instead of coming in here, and that really bothers me. Okay, I better move on. You should be here and be a part of this community of believers, and we need it. we need encouraged as to we're together. I need to sit next to Aaron and hear him sing out praises. That encourages me. You need to sit by your neighbor, whoever that is, and hear them sing worship and praise, and let that encourage you. You don't get that sitting on your couch. When the, the presence of the Lord falls in the room, you may get that at home, but it's different when you're here. Uh, Kelly Coclazier couldn't have came to me and prayed over me if I chose to sit on my couch instead of coming into the service. Because he couldn't have been obedient because I wasn't here. You miss out on so much by not being a part of our community here. And we need each other. We need these relationships I need to talk to you guys every single week. I need to be around you. It encourages me to be around you. Somebody just told me this morning they came in here in a rough mood and didn't even want to come to church. But a few minutes that we got to talk, it put a little pep in his step. That's what we need. When you come in here and you're you're weighed down with something, you need encouragement from the people that are in this building. And you get that. If you'll not isolate and keep to yourself, people will love on you. If you'll open up and talk, people will talk to you. They'll tell you things. They'll encourage you. And the enemy has been using fear to cripple people's faith for a couple years now, and it's time to start living again. And we're at war, and I'm not saying this lightly with all that's going on in Ukraine, but we're in spiritual wars every single day. Ourselves, our families, our friends, we're in these spiritual wars. We're in battles like we just went through. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're in those every week. They're happening all the time. And and guess what protects us? Guess what sustains us? Guess what equips us? It's, It's God and it's our community of believers. Those are the things that get us through those. Those are the things that keep us from quitting in the midst of them. So we need each other. We can't do this alone. We need each other. We need each other in those hard times. Galatians 6, 2, share each other's burdens, and this way obey the law of Christ. Now, I want to say something here. I can't bear the burden with you if you don't share the burden with me. And that bothers me, too, when people say, oh, nobody was there for me. Nobody knew. Talk to us. Share that burden so we can can help you in it and through it. I can't read minds sometimes. The Lord gives me that. But it's easier if you just tell me, Rick, I'm dealing with this. Or Carlin, I'm dealing with this. Are you talking to somebody in your area? I'm dealing with this. I need some help in it. I promise you they will help you through it. James 5.16, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Our praise team would come back up. It took me a long time to realize that I can't do life alone. You guys know my story of dealing with depression in the past and anxiety and things like that. I'm so glad I don't have to do life alone anymore. I don't want to do life alone. Like I said in the beginning, you guys came through for us this week. We felt your prayers. All the thoughts, the text messages, the phone calls, we felt that. That sustained us to get through what we were going through. That encouraged Jackson to know people were praying for him and asking about him while he laid there and struggled and went through what he went through. We have to have these relationships. And and I know for some of you, you're saying in your mind right now, I've tried that, I've tried to be close to people, I've tried to be there for people, and they hurt me. I get it. People left this church when I became pastor for no other reason besides they didn't want me to pastor. You know what that does to a person? Not even given a chance. That hurts. I know what it means to be hurt by people. I know what it means for people to say mean things about you. So if that's, if that's your, yeah, it happens. Because the only perfect person to walk this earth was Jesus. And we're all going to mess up. But that's where our Christianity and the salvation plan comes in for us as well. That we forgive. That we learn to trust again. That we understand we're not worshiping that person. We're worshiping a perfect savior. So if they, if they trip up and they mess up and they hurt us, I forgive and we mend it. And we're still there for each other. We have to have these relationships. We keep loving we keep building these relationships because we can't do life alone and we need to lean on each other and we're going to sing a song and I told you guys, you know, the early church did life together, we celebrate victories together, we go through hurts together and Jesus was our example, he was relational and it didn't matter who it was I guarantee you it wouldn't have mattered if there was a pandemic because he touched lepers he was relational he encouraged people. He ministered to people everywhere he went. And were there times he had to be alone with his father? Yes. Are there times we need to be alone with God and, and, and encourage ourselves in the Lord and get built back up? Yes. But after that, there was a podcast that Grace Herman sent me that she listened to. After that, you know what God says after you spent that alone time with him? Get out and go because we're supposed to go and do these relationships and encourage people and minister to people. Okay, we're going to sing this song and I asked them to do this some liked it, some probably didn't <laughs> but it's a fun it's, a, it's an uplifting song it's not even a church song but the meaning behind it goes along with we can't do this alone we've got to stand with it this morning and sing this out and then we're still going to open the altars I promise, but let's sing this together if you feel led to go talk with someone maybe not even in your area shock us all and And just encourage someone in the building while we're singing this, please do. If God's laying somebody on your heart right now, I'm telling you right now, there's people in here hurting. There are people in here struggling. So if you can just offer an encouraging word to somebody during this song, that would be fantastic. And then we're going to go into our altar time. Let's go, team. Got some needs already that people want prayer for. If you don't know the Lord again and salvation is something that you don't know about, you've not experienced, there is a Savior. There's a man that walked this earth and died for your sins. The mess that you're in right now, he died for you to forgive you of your sins and have his blood that was shed wash everything away and give you a brand new clean slate this morning. So if you don't know him, know that he loves you so much. Know that whatever you're dealing with and walking through, whatever you know, sin you're in right now, that God can forgive that and you can start over. Maybe you've walked away and you need to rededicate this morning. He's there. He welcomes you back with open arms. You need healing in your body. Whatever it is this morning, these altars are open. If you know somebody in here that needs prayer, grab them by the hand and come on down and spend some prayer, together, prayer time together. We just want God to move and do what he wants to do in this place right now.